Welcome to the Catching Health Podcast. I'm Diane Atwood, your own personal health reporter. Today we're going to talk about mental health and how a solid friendship can make all the difference in the world. My guests are Fran Houston, who lives in Portland, Maine, and her best friend, Martin Baker, who lives 3,000 miles away in the United Kingdom. Hi, Fran and Marty. Hi. Hi, Diane. (laughs) So Fran and Marty just published an insightful and very personal book called High Tide, Low Tide, The Caring Friend's Guide to Bipolar Disorder. Now, before we get into the book, Fran and Marty, I want to know more about you and how you met. So Fran, I thought I'd start with you. What do you want people to know about you? I um, was in a state of mania. Um, the uh, higher part of the bipolar spectrum illness. Um, And I was very, very busy um, on social media, just, you know, friending everybody and um, saying a lot of things and some of which people didn't like and um, some of which people did like. Um, And Marty and I met on a, there was a, a friend in New York who Uh, had just written a book, um, and she was struggling horribly and, um, you know, was looking at going away. And so there were, like, hundreds of of comments on that thread, and, you know, some of which were, go to the health food store and pick up some supplements, um, you know, saying, I'm sorry, and all this stuff. And Marty uh, came in and said, flooding flooding your world with love and light. And, you know, by this time I was very upset because so many people had said things that, you know, for me, if it was me, that none of what they were saying would have resonated for me. And what he said did not resonate for me at all. So I said to him, um, you know, even, even too much love is too much and it's overwhelming. And so that began, then we began a behind the scenes, um, chat and messaging um, and getting to know each other in a very intense, very um, flurry, flurry of ideas way. And so that's how we met. What, what I would like people to know about me is that there is an ill part of me and there's also a well part of me. And, you know, most of what I do in my work with myself is trying to have the awareness of knowing what is going on with me at any given time because it it is very difficult when I when I go into the uh, mania and when I go into depression um, those are not you know that that's not like the the well part of me so they don't have to go away it's just that I need to recognize which part of me is operating right now so that I can move through life without losing everything and without losing all my friends and without screwing everything up and all of that stuff that can happen when you have bipolar. Marty, in your book, you said that you knew very little about mental illness before you connected on Facebook with Fran. That's, that's true. Yes. Her comment just came out of nowhere. How did you react to that? Well, absolutely, because as, as Franz just said, I we found ourselves on this this person's mutual friends page and I could easily have kind of clicked away. I didn't know what to say or anything. So I came up with those sort of immortal, <laughs> now immortal words, um, which Fran took such exception to because they, they were just not really helpful at all. Um, and when she came back with so like even too much love 
can be overwhelming. I don't know. It, it just completely threw me, um, and it sort of you know stopped me stopped me in my tracks because I'd been sitting here in this very chair that I'm sort of sitting in now, you know, trying to come up with something to say, maybe five or ten minutes, you know, wondering what to say, and then somebody immediately kind of like leapt on that, and um, but it did it, it with, within I don't know within ten twenty minutes or so, and we were we were chatting as as Fran said. Um, she was sharing with me her personal experiences with um, with suicidal thinking, with the kinds of approaches that work for her, that don't work for her, why a lot of the comments and things that were being posted on that thread, on that, this other lady's wall, were were not what would have worked, worked for Fran. So I got a very intense um, sort of in-your-face um, sort of exposure from the word go, really, um, <laughs> To, to to a world, you know, to, to an experience that I had no real prior prior, uh, prior awareness of or, or exposure to. Um, but it, it was, I don't know. I mean, I guess at that point I could have, like, rejected that or pushed that away or whatever. But, I, you know, I didn't. Um, and we, we, we carried on. I don't know. We picked up the next day and whatever. We've just gone on, gone on from there. Um, so it, it was, I guess... I guess my initial kind of response was just was just kind of in, I was like interest. Here, here was somebody who was opening up a world to me, um, opening up her, her experience that I'd never I'd never had. And I kind of like, you know, I've said to Fran at different times that you know it can get scary the things we've we've like experienced together or the things that she's experienced since we've been friends. But I'm not a you know, you know I'm not going to go away. I'm gonna you know I want to I kind of like stick it out with her. So um, it was just like completely new. Vista had opened up. How long has it been now? Um, well, it was May. Oh, I should know the date. May six, two thousand eleven. So five, five and a half, five and a half years. Actually, that makes it exactly five and a half years. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to the day. Actually, five and a half years. Well, happy anniversary. And to within, I don't remember the exact time now, but probably not too far out. So yeah, we're pretty yeah. much uh, five and a half years. Um, Fran, I'm curious, why did you single out his message from all those other messages? Uh, from all the other messages? Oh, I'm sure that I made comments on the other ones, too. <laughs> you mean I wasn't special? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that I, um, you know, there were things that I was doing. I don't really remember that so much, but I do know, you know, I, like I said um, the other night, um, when I am in, when I'm especially in full-blown mania, um, I have zero fear about, you know, saying anything to anybody. Uh, so, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what your diagnoses are? Okay, I am, um, I was diagnosed in 1994 with major depression. Um, and so for 10 years, they treated me with antidepressants. Um, it wasn't until 2003 that I got di a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Um, the problem is when you treat somebody with bipolar disorder with antidepressants, that makes everything worse. Um, it's very, it's very dangerous. And so that's something that I really want people to know that, you know, if you're, if you're depressed, that might not be just depression. Um, so I got diagnosed with um, um, bipolar disorder two, um, which is different than bipolar disorder one. They're 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 different. Um, you know, they have some of the same components, but one is a little bit more intense, 
than the other one. Um, and then I also have chronic fatigue syndrome and I have fibromyalgia. So we, we have a big party over here all the time. Do they ever rage against you all at once, all three of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, they have. And um, the only thing, the thing that was critical for me, I got to a place of acceptance. I went to the backwoods of Maine, uh, no running water, no electricity, no nothing, 189 acres. And I just was, because I had been spending so much money trying to find healers, trying to do the vitamins, trying to fix these problems. And I finally stopped all of that. And I went to the woods of Maine and I just became very aware of my baseline. Um, you know, I, I would sleep like 20 hours a day. And I, I came to a place where there's nothing wrong with me. I don't have to fix anything. I just need to understand. I need to be kind to myself. I need to uh, be aware of myself. I need to, um, you know, pull in the support that I need at any given time. Uh, so it was a very totally different experience than my like goals and striving and stressing and straining to a place of, oh, these guys get to live along. They're all a part of me and they get to live along. So I get to live alongside them. They live alongside me and we figure it out. But we do it in a way that's gentle and kind and compassionate rather than a, you know, judgmental, rejective, you know, all of the, that kind of energy that actually is prevalent in the stigma that exists today. And Marty, did you connect with Fran after her time in the woods? Well, I was, yes, after the time, after the time in the woods. Um, as Fran mentioned before, when, when we met, she was, she was in mania. Um, and that lasted right the way through. So we met in May. So that had been there for a while. And that lasted right the way through, right the way through the, the summer and towards into the, into the fall. So pretty much ramp up through that time. And for quite a while, you know, I didn't, I mean, obviously, I mean, I knew, you know, Fran was very upfront about her diagnoses. Um, and it was clear to me that this wasn't, you know, I'm drawing air quotes, normal you know, sort of like behavior. So that this was mainly this, that's what was going on. Um, even though I had no kind of prior experience of that, but it kept it's like ramping up right through the, through the summer. And um, then eventually she had a, a change in medication, which, kind of brought that, uh, brought it sort of down from that, but then threw it into a, a very deep kind of like reactive depression, which lasted right the way through that, that winter. Um, so um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty intense um, because I'd just kind of like gotten used to what life was like with my manic bipolar friend um, to discover that, you know, what life was like when she was in very, very deep, uh, depression um, and Fran was very very upfront about that she she could tell it was coming and she was very upfront about kind of warning me and other friends that that this deep depression was coming and that it wouldn't be pretty um, and it wasn't but we came through the other side would you say that your relationship evolved from friendship to you you being a major support person for her I don't know. I'd be interested to see how Fran answers that in a minute, if you're going to pass it across to her as well. But um, from my point of view, there wasn't there wasn't like a threshold position where it was like, hey, now I'm, you know, now I need to step up of a level, or um, now it's become like a caregiver, caring caregiver thing, rather than um, 
just a friendship. I guess it kind of like grew alongside, but we were very closely involved in terms of you know me sort of like supporting her and the interactions and being connected through social media um, and chat and everything and Skype um, pretty much from the word go. Um, well, we didn't use Skype from the word go, but we were using chat and emails and things on it, you know, right the way through from from the very beginning. Um, partly dri- driven and fueled, I guess, by by the mania. But it was, you know, it was, it's not that we started off just occasionally touching here and there, and then and then it it, it grew. So it we, we sort of dived in pretty much from the beginning. Um, I guess my kind of it's not a formal role, but to the extent that you know we now describe the you know our relationship that I'm kind of friends primary sort of caregiver or support. That grew as as my knowledge and, and experience and uh, like awareness of, of what helped Fran as opposed to what didn't help her um, grew. So I guess it was a developmental thing, but it started pretty much from the start, from the beginning. Would you say so, Fran? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, I think that there's, um, um, you know, because I, I think about some of my other friends um, and how they've stood by me, you know, for, you know, through through everything and you know I've, I've never I've never really I mean I don't know that I've ever like you know insisted that they help me <laughs> you know I don't think that there's ever been that I think that there's fortunately there's enough wellness on board that um, people know who I am my friends know who I am and they're and they love me as I am and so when I go through my uh, phases that are inevitably gonna come because this is something that's just not fixed you know, it's something that's going to be going on. And with Marty particularly, I think it was just, um, it was a very organic process. Um, you know, we just kind of move a little by little. You know, I was, I was, there have been times in my life when I have been totally alone, when everybody has left, you know, and so I have experienced that too. And the great things about that aspect of it is that I learned that I could be alone. You know, I could be totally alone, like in the backwoods of Maine. I was totally removed from society at all levels. And, you know, that gave me strength, you know, so. How can you maintain a strong relationship when you're 3,000 miles away? I know you have social media, but how do you stay connected? We're connected all day long. Um you know, we, we, we have our first uh, check-in at like, well, my, my 7 o'clock, you know, where we, you know, I call him and he's, you know, he's either, he may be on vacation, he may be at work. Um, so we, we check in and, and figure out what's going on for the day and um, for him and for me. So, and then um, we get together, the times when we get together are uh, on the call, 7 o'clock in the morning. Two to three in the afternoon and six to eight at night. Those are uh, Skype calls. So, um, and, and we, we thoroughly enjoy each other. You know, our company, like we watch movie, we watch movies together. We watch Gilmore Girls. We, you know, we watch YouTubes. We do meditation. You know, it's like, you know, we do stuff. It's fun. You know, we have fun. And then other times it's like we're in a flurry of working. Oh, my God, we've got to get this stuff done. Uh, what are you doing? What are you working on? <laughs> so um, and then the rest of the time when we need to connect with each other, we use Facebook Messenger. So and actually the uh, time zones, 
work really in our favor. And that's something Marty can talk about. Yeah, so it's like 3,000 miles. We have this one of the things we used to say, like 3,000 miles apart between Newcastle here and Portland in Maine. Um, and 300 minutes because it's like five five time zones. So 3,000 miles, 300 minutes. But as Fran just said, I mean, our worlds or our, our sort of schedules like mesh together pretty well. And, and you know, they mesh together better than they maybe would if we were in the same time zone, uh, like if we were both in the States or whatever, or if we were like two hours apart or something. Because, yeah, so Fran's just kind of like waking up or whatever, 7 a.m. That's midday for me. So if I'm at work, I can take a five minute call because I'm on my lunch break. Um, and then in what is Fran's afternoon, uh, early afternoon, like two till three, that's my early evening, which just happens. I mean, it wouldn't work for everybody, but just in terms of my, you know, home life or whatever, you know, that slots in quite conveniently. Um, and then later in the evening as well, that's, you know, assuming that Fran, you know, Fran's at home and if I'm at home, um, that gives, and that's structure. Um, is kind of important. I think it works well for Fran in terms of providing a structure in in what it can be a sort of a, not chaotic, but an ever-changing um, situation in terms of the illnesses. Yes, um, structure is really, really important to me. Yeah. It, it really yeah. helps, it helps um, you know, just kind of uh, uh, craft how I do things and even with my other friends it's like I need to be able to count on people I need stability you know it's it's important what I was just going to add as well was I mean Fran said you know we're often sometimes we're doing the the heavy stuff I mean if Fran's like really depressed or is a mania or whatever then that's what we you know that might be what we're dealing with and it's not always particularly pretty but most most of the time that's not what we're doing most of the time we're just hanging out you know, we're friends, we're best friends, and we're just hanging out the way people might if they lived in the same town, and we're just meeting up now and again, or, you know, here or there for a coffee or on the street or whatever they might be doing. Um, and yeah, we watch movies and we do all that, that kind of thing um, that Fran mentioned. But the other, the, like the flip side to that is we're committed to those connections, even when it's not pretty, even when, the, I mean, there are certainly times, I, you know, there's not many times that I don't, you know, I don't want to come and sit here and, and chat with Fran, but there are certainly times when she would really, whether it's because of lack of energy, whatever it is, when it's really the last thing she wants to do is to come and chat with me for an hour. Yeah. But she does it because it's that commitment. Absolutely, she says. But you see how well I know you. But it's because we have this commitment to, to our friendship. So, you know, and we also recognize that it's valuable from the kind of support point of view. Have you ever been frightened by the mood she happens to be in? Like when she's suicidal, you've helped her through that, haven't you? It can get scary, but it, what I say is, you know, I might get scared, but I'm not afraid. I.e., I'm not going to run away. Um, have I been, you know, have I been scared? Yes. I mean, the one one time in particular, I don't want to go into too much detail, it's in the book, but there was one time in particular where um, it was during 2013 and Fran was in Europe, um, traveling around Europe with her parents. And so, um, although geographically she was somewhat closer than when she's in the, you know, in the States, um, it was actually far more difficult for us to keep in touch just because she was, they were traveling around a lot, the internet connections weren't always very reliable. So we pretty much had chats, like Facebook Messenger or chat or whatever, but um, video calls were out. We didn't have any video calls for like three months. Um, and phone calls were usually very brief and maybe only every few days instead of sort of for a few hours every day. 
Um, and there was one call in particular, um, and Fran was going through a particularly rough time on 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 the trip. Um, and she sort of mentioned something that um, she'd been, you know, she'd been having a few drinks and she was a bit tearful and she was saying something about if, if anything ever happened to her, she wanted me to um, to let her mom know who was on the trip with her, to let her mom know that she loved her. And on that, at the beginning of that call, I'd been like a bit cross with Fran because she'd been drinking and or how much she'd maybe been drinking on that day. So and I didn't I kind of like glossed over what she'd said. At least I sort of said, yeah, yeah, of course I tell your mom, you know, of course I would tell you. And then we finished the call and she went off. Um, and I sort of realized that well, that conversation that what Fran had said to me, like, if anything happens to me, you know, make sure my mom knows I'm OK, you know, that, that, that I love her. I was like, that was new. You know, that was like, she didn't say things like that. And I was like, you know, was there something going on there? Because there was a lot of suicidal kind of thinking going on through that period, not specifically that day. Um, and as it turned out, you know, I tried to message Fran back, didn't get her. I waited till she got back to the hotel. I didn't hear back. I probably texted, you know, I probably sent her a, a text message, didn't hear back. So by this, you know, after a couple of hours, I was getting kind of, you know, I was like making up all kinds of stories in my head about what may or may not have been happening. Um, as it turned out, Fran made it back to the hotel fine. Um, I think there was very little signal. She couldn't message me as she normally would say, hey, Marty, I'm back at the hotel, you know, good night. Um, and she was also, I think she was a bit poorly as well. So I didn't find out until the next morning that in fact she was fine and she had no specific suicidal urges or anything that day. But what that taught me was that I, you know, for me to really pay attention and if something crops up like that, it is a little bit out of the ordinary that I challenge, you know, that I sort of pick it to pick up on it straight away. And I kind of challenge you, well, what, what exactly do you mean? What are we talking about? Because suicidal thinking is not a taboo subject for us far from it. You know, it's jokes, except it's not exactly a joke that it's a it's one of our favorite topics. I mean, it's something that we talk about in a very open kind of way. So um but that taught me to just pay attention and not just gloss over anything because, it, oh, it's probably okay, you know. So I, that was the that was the closest I've been to being scared. And I think Fran like had very little. Like the next day when I spoke to her, she's like, "Oh no, I don't remember. I don't remember saying that. I don't remember. I certainly didn't mean anything by it, you know." But, I think that one of the most important things that my friends offer me is that they believe in me, even when I'm very suicidal, even when it's really, really, really dark. Um, they believe in me. The part of me that's going to be okay is going to rule. And that, having that kind of belief from people, even when you're like totally out of your mind and you're totally, you know, you've got the pills lined up and, you know, everything, and still having people believe in you, even as you're doing that, wow, that's powerful. And that brings you back? Yeah, well, it, it matters. You know, it matters. It's like, um, I feel that, I mean, it's important to be on medication and it's important to have therapy, you know, whether it's a psychiatrist or the therapist. It's important to have body work. Um, it's important to meditate. But what I feel that the most valuable thing that I have in my life, my friends, they have presence. They bring their presence you know, they bring their well minds so I can lean on their well minds while I'm going nuts and have that, you know, have that work. I think that's one of the 
most underrated thing that needs to happen for people who are mentally ill. Marty, what does your friendship with Fran bring to you? She's my best friend. We hang out. I think you can tell from the interaction. You know, we 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 kind of get on okay together. You know, we enjoy each other's company. Um, the five years, the five and a half years to the day um, since we met have been utterly kind of transformative for me. Um, far beyond, you know, just the sense that you know, just this friendship that we that we have that we enjoy. Um, it's completely opened my eyes and, if I may say, my heart or whatever to. Um, to the lives of like other people. I mean, I was like pretty, uh, um, I don't say ignorant, but just un- unaware really of of what, uh, you know, whether it's one in four, one in five, whatever, the huge proportion of, of uh, those around us who who live with um, often debilitating uh, mental and other invisible uh, illnesses. Um, so it kind of opened me up to to that. It uh, it's led me to, uh, you know, I mean, I've tried to have uh, to like educated myself I've done like courses and, 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 and mental health first aid and there's a uh, applied suicide intervention skills training that I've done I would never have like in a million years have contemplated even you know investigating whether such things existed I've expanded my sort of social circle both online and, and actually sort of you know, in my own hometown here um, far far wider than it's ever been in my life before um, I've slept other friends like all over the world and and locally um, and I just feel more, far more kind of like connected with myself and with with other people that's not all down to Fran herself but that's what's kind of come about from <laughs> and she's thinking yeah it is really <laughs> but it wouldn't no nah, but I mean it, it it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the for this friendship and obviously from like with the book I mean we've been together as friends five and a half years we've been working on the book which is only just out in the last few weeks for like four years almost again almost to the week um so we've been working on the book you know kind of like the whatever four-fifths or whatever of our friendship so that project that we've shared together you know in itself has both helped our friendship and helped me learn more about um, how to support how to be there for somebody um, and has also you know broadened our both of our kind of like connections and rippled sort of out into the wider community um, both on its social media and in, in the in the real world that's a huge project to write a book and to write a book when you're so far apart, where'd the idea come from? I heard a rumor that the idea came from Fran. Yeah, I'll just say the first bit, if you like, and then okay. kind of maybe she can say, like, why, what, why, what it came to. Um, yeah, um, my wife and I were on, were on vacation um, here in the UK um, in the Lake District, and we'll be, we're going back to the same location um, next week. Um, and uh, we would go around some little galleries and this, that, and the other. And um, I was on a call with Fran on this one day, about halfway through the week, and I just sort of said to her, well, you know, I've got this urge to sort of do something creative. I mean, in the past, I've done photography and I've made various things, you know, short stories. And stuff. I've got this urge to do something creative, but I don't really know what to do. And Fran said, what did Fran say, Fran? Why don't you, why don't you write a book about... <laughs> How it's like to be friends with someone who's bipolar. And 
if I can say this to somebody going, you know, given all the sort of suicidal kind of thinking, which is such a big feature of our, you know, well, Fran's world and therefore my, my world as well. You know, I could have killed her. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a, if she'd suggested to me, well, you could book your photography or something, you know, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. But all, I mean, almost literally before that conversation, the phone call ended, I was like, oh my God, because it was such, it wasn't the sort of um, challenge or whatever that I could lightly put aside because it was so kind of, it just felt so right and important. Um, Having said that, you know, as we were starting to to work with the book, there was a period when I felt actually we wouldn't, it it, it wasn't going to happen. But from the beginning, I could see straight away that yeah, you know, the the, the really was uh, there was something that I was being asked to kind of step up to, uh, sort of step up to 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 do here. Um, didn't realize it would take four years. But uh, well, that's, and then that's kind and of... then what happened is um, two week, two months later. Because he just totally put it aside. He wouldn't talk on it. It, it was just like, that is not going to happen. <laughs> and so I'm at dinner at Ben K with my, with my friend Laurel, who's a um, captain of tall ships. And uh, two things happened that evening. Um, one of them was she invited me to Barcelona. And I went, which was great. And the second thing that happened is I, um, I told her about Marty's, you know, the, what I had done with my, how, what we did with, the you know I said why don't you write a book and she's like I need you to write that book my friends in Australia and I need to know how to help her because I have no idea I have no clue what to do and so then I told Marty and then Marty you know kind of so she was a very pivotal point in this whole process yeah. Laurel yeah uh, I forget yes it's it's Fran's fault and it's Laurel's fault as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it it did sort of realize that actually there was a way, that, you know, that that there could be a way of shaping this book because I couldn't sort of see how we could put it together to to um, to actually speak sort of meaningfully to to people. Um, but well, we I mean we we hope we have over the course of the of the, the past few years while we've been putting it together. Um, so it's out there now, and we hope it's going to do some do some good. Now, one of the things that's uh, that's been really great about having an internet relationship, a best friendship, is that we have all the transcripts from our Skype, from our Face Messenger, from every all of the technology that we use. That's all there. So it's not like we have to, you know, kind of think back and remember and stuff like that it's we used all of that stuff and we were able to remind to remember things that we didn't you know yeah. necessarily remember <laughs> so it was really really fa fantastic to be able to do that you describe in your book that it's not so much a memoir as it is a menu what do you mean by that the way that I feel it's like I think it's really great that people are telling their stories but I don't want to just tell my story. You know, I I want to be able to offer something where people can, it can make an impact and then they can use that in a relationship, whether it's just a regular friendship or whether it's a mental ill friendship or whatever, but that there's principles, you know, that that can be, you know, you, you go into a restaurant, you don't eat the whole thing, you know, eat the whole menu and have one of everything. That would be kind of fun if you could do that, but... Um, you know, you pick, you pick and choose, you know, that, that which you're going to kind of put into your toolbox. And that's kind of reflected in the, in the structure of the book too, because, 
it's in three parts and the first two parts of the book um are sort of themed chapters and and they're they're us trying you know setting out um yeah sort of sort of like the well, as Francis says, um techniques some techniques and strategies that work for us um there's a chapter around um depression and mania and there's a there's a chapter on um what we call the s word so suicide and suicidality um there's a chapter on how we actually do the the internet friendship thing um there's very little in that chapter about illness but that's how we you know like you're asking how do we make the relationship work three thousand miles apart um there's a chapter on illness sort of sort of like you know that's where we're sort of talking about what is bipolar what is chronic fatigue whatever um, and a chapter on wellness so they're sort of like themed chapters so you can go to that chapter and read you know on that topic then they and each of them are illustrated with examples from our conversations and things but they're sort of in themes and then the the final three chapters the final the third part of the book is um our more or less chronological account of how we put those into practice during, as I mentioned, this this um, three-month trip um, through 2000, the summer of 2013. In fact, it starts from more or less the it's about the April, no, the June when we were getting ready. The May June we were getting ready for the for Fran's trip, and then it um, while she while she was in Europe traveling around, and then when she came back to Portland and, and what was happening there, she had to move move house. So that was a, like an intensely stressful chaotic period um certainly the most intense and chaotic period in the five and a half years that we've been friends um and probably amongst the most difficult for france sort of like like for so there what we're trying to show is how yeah we've sort of described these techniques and strategies but this is like how they actually play out their day week by week as as you can sort of chart france path from a period of relative stability through you know a lot of stress um suicidal thinking but sort of mixed mania depression anxiety all this kind of thing going on and both how i was able to support her or do my best to support her and how she was working against the odds to uh, to support herself and get through it i do have to say that marty does use it as a as a guide because he takes it off the shelf <laughs> and he, you know, he's like, okay, all right, this is going on right now. Here's what we've done before. <laughs> it's great. What, yeah. What worked, be- what worked before and what were those things that I did that I really, I really shouldn't be doing, you know, that didn't work <laughs> because, we, because it's, it was important to us and, and, and we, you know, we hope it would be important for the people to recognize as well that, you know, it often, you know, we, yeah, we're best friends and a lot of the, you know, we, we work well together and things, but it's not always pretty. And I certainly mess up and Fran on occasion. She, she's been <laughs> known to mess up on occasion. Um, and, you know, we, we, we shout at each other sometimes and we get cross with each other and we hang the, you know, hang up the phone and things. Um, and a friend of mine I was mentioning that to recently, she was like, what? No, because she knows the back so the story better. What you you and Fran you get you, you get cross with each other? I'm like, oh my god, yes. There's a, there's a great fight in the book. I really that's one of my favorite all time things. Because, <laughs> because when when you're you know when you're in a close friendship relationship with somebody and it's pretty in, real and intense, there are going to be times when you mess up. Of course there are. Um, so a big part of what we're you know 
we're trying to demonstrate or show is it's okay to mess up. It's what happens when, you know, it's what happens when that happens, you know, after that happens or during that period. Uh, um, and if you stay, if you keep the channels open, and like for us, that means picking up the phone or answering the Facebook message or what, or, you know, or accepting the Skype call. Um, even when you maybe don't want to, even when you're mad, even when it's three o'clock in the morning um, and you just went to bed and, you know, Fran decides she wants something else doing or whatever. Um, just you make that commitment and you sort of like follow it through. And if things go wrong or you mess up, you, you come through the other side and hopefully you've learned a little bit. Um, but even if you haven't learned a little bit, maybe you'll learn it next time. Or she'll keep testing you. Or you'll, or you'll keep, <laughs> keep testing we, her. We keep testing e each other. And that, I mean, that's the other, that's the other th a huge thing is, yeah, the book is, you know, it, it is to do with like, so, um, you know, it's, Fran is my bipolar best friend sort of thing, but, um, but we're best friends and it's a mutual, it's a mutual uh, support thing that goes on, you know. So your book is now published. It's been a couple of weeks. You've gotten some great reviews. That must make you feel very happy. Yes. What I've enjoyed in particular is um, different reviews. I mean, you know, people have been really um, sort of like open and honest with how it, how it's affected them. So therefore, different people are picking you know different aspects of the book are resonating for different people, and that's like that's kind of pretty cool. So where can we buy the book? As of right now, the book is in paperback. Um, it will be in Kindle and e-reader um, probably in a few months' time. But at the moment, it's in paperback. It's available from Amazon. It's available online from Barnes and Noble, and it's available in Portland, Maine, from one bookseller at the moment, Longfellows. So that's where you can you can get it. And I'll remind people of the name: High Tide, Low Tide, The Caring Friend's Guide to Bipolar Disorder co-authored by best friends Martin Baker and Fran Houston. You two have met in person once, correct? That's correct, yes. Yep. Yes, I um, this, this was on the Europe trip. I went uh, with my mom and her husband. We traveled at, in the Queen Mary, um, and we went to, to Hamburg, and we stopped in Southampton. So Marty drove down from Newcastle, it was like a five-hour drive, I think, and uh, and so we got to spend about six hours together, and it was just amazing. And he and I are both photographers, so you know we were you know taking all kinds of um, photographs and stuff, and it was just a lot of fun because we both we love poetry, we love photography. And that's something that that's what we early resonated with. But um, and then he got to see my mom, and he loves my mom and and her husband and. Uh, so it was really quite, quite a, a lovely way of meeting for the first time. It absolutely was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, is there anything that you were hoping I would ask that I have neglected? There's the question that that I kind of half expected you to ask, which you haven't asked. So maybe I'll go with that one, which was, <laughs> which was uh, no, I was kind of, the, the, a fairly kind of obvious one that people tend to tend to ask us um, is if you've written a book, it's like, well, you know, what's next, or you know, have you got another book kind of like lined up or whatever? Um, we we don't have. I, I I can't imagine. Right, I'll start put it this way around. Having spent four years working on this book, uh, we've learned a lot about the whole process of writing, working together, um, and sort of like the publishing side of things. I think it would be a real shame if we didn't um, take that experience and and 
and write something else and work together on another project. We don't have we have we have a few ideas. We we don't have anything kind of like that we're working on just at the minute or about to start. Um, our focus from that point of view is you know is the books out there, but we want to make sure you know the word gets out. And obviously, you know, interviews like this are exactly a part of a part of what we're hoping to do with that. So we're wanting to work to uh, to get the word out there. Um, I personally. Um, want to get more involved here in, here in, in Newcastle in some, like the, some of the mental health um, charities and things. So that there's one um, time to change that I've volunteered with a couple of times, um, but there's others. So I'd like you know I want to kind of like pick that up and work with that. Not not from the point of view of promoting the book, but just just from developing myself and kind of like taking my kind of like experience a bit further there. Um, so I can see that that taking quite a bit of time and energy as we go forward. The most important thing for me is to stay stable in the midst of all of this. And I tell you something, all of this excitement, all this energy and all, you know, this attention that is coming, I'm really having to contain myself and pay attention like microscopically so that I don't get sick. Because that's the nature of the disease is just it'll just kind of ramp up and if you're not if you're not like really paying attention, it's going to take you away somewhere else or take you down. The, the problem with mania is, is not so much the mania as it is the depression that follows because as high up as you go, that's how low you will go. And so, yeah, it's always, it's moment by moment for me to, to make sure that I'm going to be okay and getting rested and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point there, actually, that you made there. Because yes, yeah, we've got our book out, and we're doing all these amazing things. I mean, it is it's phenomenal. I mean, to me, the, the support that we've had and the encouragement and everything, um, and to be here now with the book out and everything, and to be on, you know, talking like this is, is wonderful. But it does, you know, it does carry that risk. And first and foremost is, you know, is Fran's health. Um, we said that so many times over the last four years, you know, when in terms of you know her health, her health comes first, um, and it and it absolutely has to. And as much as Fran was aware that this, there would be all this excitement and focus, and that would be potentially sort of dangerous, uh, as much as we've talked about it, you know, um, we still have to be incredibly vigilant. And being vigilant doesn't mean to say it's not going to happen. It just means hopefully you catch it sort of as soon as it starts, and uh, you know. Um, yeah, and not, I and not, I keep all the I keep all my players, you know, all my support system. Absolutely. They all get the communications of, hey, this is going on for me right now. What should absolutely. I, do? you know, if I need to adjust my meds or you know all that stuff. And so I really have a great, I have an amazing support team, you know, professionals and friends, and I, that I thank. Thank you so much, you know, for for being there. You know, it's taken me a long time to find people that I can really trust and have a relationship with that really works. You both used the word amazing, and I'd like to throw that word back at you because I think you are two of the most amazing people I have met. It's a privilege and a pleasure to talk with you both. Mm. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Thank, Thank you. you. And we'll talk again, I know. And good luck with the book. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Catching Health podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, send me an email, diane at dianeatwood.com. 
You can connect with me on Twitter, at Catching Health, and Catching Health is also on Facebook. For more health reporting that makes a difference, please check out my blog at catchinghealth.com. Have a great day.